Welcome to God is Always Popular. I am James M. Allen. My mind is made up, my heart is full, and my soul is powerful. I'm excited to be bringing you the final episode of season one of God is Always Popular. I want to thank any and everyone who took the time to listen partially or if you listen entirely I'm thankful for you for giving me the opportunity to um, give you some revelation in a new I won't say new because there's other people out there who believe what I believe and receive the word the way I receive it but we all are receive the word differently in our spirit um, but the main point that I wanted to get across um, is that for too long we have been sleep and we have been worshiping sleep or half awake on the mysteries of the kingdom of God and the teachings are a fulfillment of secular teaching more so than it is of divine teaching and what the Bible has become to represent to me is a full awakening out of this thought this thought process or a way of thinking that we are apart from God and this teaching keeps all of us who are seeking the truth sleep or let me say handicapped and blinded to the truth and that truth is we are one and I say we we as in saying that no one can receive anything unless it is from heaven. And the Bible is literal, it's symbolic. Um, I don't want to say metaphor, metaphorical, but there are times in the Bible. No, I shouldn't say there are times. There, there, the Bible in general taps into two main discussions, and it is a spiritual discussion happening and a physical discussion happening or story I shouldn't say discussion but story um, the life of all these people represent these two things just as well as light and the dark represent the creation God's main purpose is, is, is hitting in this literal and symbol or symbols in the Bible and it starts with Genesis and the order that we receive it 
and it ends in revelation. But the knowledge is the key thing, is the key factor. And knowledge can only be absorbed through one portal. Sorry, it can be absorbed multiple ways, but it can only be made malleable and used in the mind. So we can absorb through hearing and seeing and all the tools, I mean, and all the function that these two tools give us. Then we can deliver it out of only one way, and that's out of the mouth. But the truth of it is to be determined in one main function of our physical selves. And that is the mind. It is the greatest power. So I stand in firm belief that this great power in our mind is where God is. And he has always been there. So, God is always popular. This movement, this this season, season one, has been my own growth in a new approach to understanding this is that the main, the place to meet God, the place to seek God, the place to know that I am God is in the greatest and the strongest asset we have that was given to us freely is in the mind. That is where God is. And I want to close this season with something that I've I've been studying. Um, well, I study everything, but what is on my heart to deliver in this last episode of season one is being born again. And where I want what what came to me was where I found it was in St. John, the epistle of John. And it's such, John writes, I mean, all the epistles, like I mentioned, they, they all do it differently. They all represent different mindsets in telling their visions, their interpretations, their moments with Jesus. And I want to get right to John chapter 3. And it talks about Nicodemus, who was one of the uh, great rulers of the Jewish people at that time. Well respected in all the synagogues, wise, old, full of knowledge and, and, and held in high regard. He was a ruler. And he was one of the few Pharisees that, that actually began to believe that Christ, that Jesus is the was the Messiah, the, like was the Messiah. He 
he was one of few that believed that, but he just couldn't come right out and support what he was beginning to believe. So Nicodemus is compelled to go see Jesus and he goes by night. Obviously, we, we know what that represents. Um, it's, you know, he doesn't want to be seen uh, with Jesus, you know, physically, but also what that represents is also he doesn't want to be seen as not knowing everything as well, like going to Jesus and hum humbling himself and saying, okay, I am supposed to be all-knowing, all-seeing, a man of God, the main man of God in all the synagogues. I know the word, I, I, I know the scripture, scriptures, but here I am, you know, I don't want to be seen as someone that doesn't know everything. So I'm going to, I'm going to go by night to find the answers. And this can be uh, a symbol of us, you know, in our dark moments, you know, going in private in prayer and confessing our sins before God or going to someone privately to discuss matters of the heart, not really wanting to, not really wanting to keep things intimate, you know, between you and a certain individual, you know, that, that can represent that as well. And this also represents an external relationship with God that so many of us have been taught to have where we go and we pray to something outside of ourselves in hopes that we'll get internal revelation or answers that we are looking for. So Nicodemus goes by night and he humbly calls Jesus his rabbi and confesses that he must be a teacher from God or how else would he be able to do these miracles that they see? And Jesus answers him and says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So he quickly, so Jesus quickly comes back to Nicodemus like, what you're seeing, seeing isn't the kingdom of God. You, you, people are even Nicodemus that represents his name means victory of the people or victory for the people, and 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 even a man as wise as him is still caught up in what you are, what they see or what he is seeing is helping him determine what is real. That Jesus is a teacher that has been sent from God. He calls him a teacher because that's that's how Nicodemus is interpreting. Those of us or people that are lost say the Savior. Whatever you're trying to uh, tag on Jesus due to your current external situations, he'll be your Messiah, the Savior, the Rose of One Salvation, whatever you're saying. So in Nicodemus's case, it is someone who is teaching him something that 
that that he didn't even know in all of his years of training and studying and then ministering in the in the synagogues. So Jesus says to him, unless except a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So he's telling Nicodemus right off top, even you are not able to see the kingdom because you haven't even been born again in spite of all your knowledge and your status you are still asleep and so Nicodemus once again he says how can a man be born again when he is old can he enter into his mother's womb a second time and this is the and, and Jesus responds with another mystery well he unsolves and unlocks another mystery about the kingdom of God and I'm, I'm going to read it he says out of King James he says verily verily I say unto thee except a man be born of water and of spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot determine, or cannot tell whence it's cometh, and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. And that is that is a lot. I mean, that even twists my mind up, and I'm like, what is he, what is he talking about? But you gotta go back to the beginning of creation to understand what he is talking about and then also you have to understand why Jesus or or what Jesus is representing in scripture in in this great mystery of who we truly are because he does not say you can only be baptized in this water to be born again physically washed clean as they perceive and we do these rituals of the baptism and you you come out the water brand new and and transform and renew but he so cleverly says a except a man be born of water and of the spirit in creation in the beginning God created and there were there were two main components of this creation it was the spirit of God and the spirit of God moving into the water and the spirit of God represents of course, the spirit of God, the mind of God. The water represents something in place that is willing to be, that is able to be used to create. That brings forth all life, that brings forth all real things. That is, that is the water. So these two things must be in place. The willingness to accept the knowledge different than from what you can actually see. So making your faith 
or sorry, making yeah, making your faith or rather your unseen reality what is real. And so Nicodemus is still baffled by this. He says, How can this how how can these things be? And Jesus throws a jab at him. He says, Are thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? And then and then he goes on with this perfect um, testimony or example of the kingdom of God. And it's it's very long, but I'll try to get through it. He says, Are thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and ye receive not our witness. If I told you earthly things and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the son of man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, and and, and this right here, everyone quotes this and tries to make this such an external event. But in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, I'll stop there, but then Jesus goes on from verse 17 through verse 21, pretty much explaining these things to Nicodemus and trying to get him to understand that what I'm going to try to explain to you is to understand that there is a flesh life and there is a spiritual life. Now, these two things make up one life, but one has to be greater than the other. That is the way it is. It is made. Now, for as long as you sleep and you slumber in your flesh and you toil in the flesh, you will always be sleep, not born in in a uh in a cocoon-like state. Yeah, you're moving, you're you're old, you you got kids, yeah, you're you're 40, 50, 30, 20, however old you are, and you have this life going on, but there is something still laying in a cocoon state, dormant, not alive in each and every non-believer. Now, they have taken it for as long as I can remember being receiving the word, taking this and placed this physical meaning on when Jesus is saying the son of man and for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm going to say this and what this means, and you can call me crazy, think whatever you want to think, but this is literally talking about you and me. Because God gave us the identity 
the status to be his sons. And if you're a woman out there, you know, and daughters. But since creation, woman is just a part of man per Adam and Eve by way of the creator. So we are men, sons of God. And I'll, I'll go back to 3.13. And it says, And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. And Jesus says, Even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And it is so deep, and it lets you know that predestined, pre-ordered, predetermined, whatever you want to call it, our lives, our spirits, we fall to this state. We descend to be awakened to ascend again. So we are all sons of God's. Pre, we, we were that predetermined. God predetermined that. And so now here comes God himself as the one true only son of God. And so even though Paul and some of the apostles say call him the son of God, but listen to what he but listen to how Jesus speaks about this in the past tense. He says in 316, for God so loved, past tense, the world, that he gave, past tense, his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. World there is talking about nations. You know, the, the entire world, you know, I get that. But God's world, God's chosen, God's anointed. And the Son of God is literally the anointed of God. We, we lay dormant in our cocoon, not knowing that, the, that we are the anointed, already chosen to be that. Then there's a, then there's a process to, that we must take to be awakened from this sleep, from this slumber. And after 3.16, he goes on to say, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. And the name of the only begotten Son is I am. I am that I am. And I am pre I have been predetermined, predestined for me to be the Son of God. Now he uh, here I am. He says to Nicodemus, I can tell you all these things of what I've done or what you see in the flesh, but here I am. And just like the wind blows, you see it, you feel it, 
but you don't know where it's coming from. And just like your own intuition of the spirit, you feel these things and you see these things and you think, oh, that's good luck. That's intuition. Or that's my first mind. Or that's my, that is the spirit in you laying there asleep, waiting to be born, to be received so that we can have this eternal life, this eternal wisdom that will guide us through life. And in 19, he says, and this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men loveth darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And this darkness represents blind sleep because when your eyes are shut, it's dark. But when you wake up and you see the light, you are woke. You are no longer asleep. And so then when you become that, for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that do, doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. And this is you returning back, turning away, waking up and turning away from this from this way of thinking back to doing what you we all are predestined to do so that everything we do is a work in God and then we are one in this knowledge of the truth of the true God that is I am that can only be in you one way. And that is through the greatest power that we all have been given by God. And that is the mind of God. And so I want to close this first season up with that is that that is where it all starts until we wake up and be born again. Just like Paul says, re renewed mind. But it's deeper than just changing your thought. It is, it is deep. It is on the level of saying, I am the son of God. I am divine. I hear, I see, I, I take in the light of the light of truth. And it is in my mind. And so I, I close this season one with just one main point as as you all just listen to this and think back on it and the truth is this in the beginning God gave us his mind in the beginning God formed a dwelling place for his mind and gave us every function and attribute needed to do and to become that which is pleasant and pleasing to God. And the unity that we have is a oneness. We have a light that unites everyone that is one with God. Those that walk away from it willingly are condemned 
Those that stay asleep to the truth and blinded are condemned. Those that teach the truth ignorantly will be condemned. And the only way is the truth and the light. And the only way to be renewed is literally through a spiritual rebirth. The waters of life that is inside of us that flows over and over again in us that tells us there is something greater here in me that is greater greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And so the greatness in you is the true life, is the way. And these are the things that Christ represents. The way to eternal life, to eternal knowledge. So season one is a wrap. Season two will specifically be about abundance. I want to touch on the greatness of how to achieve that in spite of everything that you may hear, see, and think. We have to reverse that around. So I thank you for listening. It's been fun. I'll be back soon. Um, I'm going to take some time off and just let everything just marinate in my spirit and in my mind. So my heart is made up. Sorry. My mind is made up. My heart is full and my soul is satisfied. God is always popular.